Hello, welcome to Autism in Outer Space. This is Elise. Um, and today I'm going to be talking about unmasking. <laughs> I know I've talked about that before, but I just, I feel like the more I learn about myself, uh, the more, the harder it is to completely unmask, even around friends and family. Um, I would say I'm the most unmasked at home um, because it's where I feel the most comfortable. Uh, but I mean, I, I definitely feel more comfortable around people who know I'm autistic and I can, I feel like it does help me let some of that guard down. But when it comes to completely unmasking, that's really hard to do. And how do you do that and still be accepted? You know, I mean, like if, if, if I just all the time did exactly what my brain wanted to do, like just did whatever I wanted, like my first instinct, I don't think, I don't think I would be accepted like pe by people that don't that don't understand autism um hmm I guess I'm thinking of like so the reason I guess the reason I'm talking about this is because as I come out to more people as I disclose to more people some of them um, are people that just don't get it. And I don't know if they ever will, really. Um, I mean, very, very few of them get it. <laughs> um, and what's interesting is even, even, people who are neurodivergent themselves and just don't know might not get it <laughs> because they have this view of autism. That's just not what autism is. And I've masked so heavily around around them because I've constantly, I've constantly been like, you know, what, what is it that they want to see? Who is it that I want them to see? You know, this cheerful, uh, friendly, talkative, 
person who they don't find confusing or hard to understand, who looks them in the eye and has normal interests. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't know that wasn't. I didn't know that wasn't what people do when, when they are meeting people, meeting new people. You know, meeting their in laws, meeting, meeting new friends, um, in like a group setting. I didn't know. I didn't know that's not what people do. I didn't know that I don't know if I even knew that that wasn't me. I mean, I did know that wasn't me, but but I was like if I if I act like if I act like the person I was when I was younger before I really developed my mask like way back Um, it was, it was hard to, it was hard to connect with people, you know? Um, and I think the way I coped with that at first was just to not talk, not just make myself as small as possible, not, not put myself out there. I didn't start... I didn't start putting on a mask and putting myself out there until I was older. Um, certainly, definitely by the time I got to college, I I felt much more confident about masking. But that's but that's when it like that's when it. I mean, not that it wasn't exhausting before when I didn't know how to mask and was being quiet all the time and trying to make myself as small as possible and trying to draw attention away from myself as much as possible. That's still exhausting, but, but the energy put into masking and appearing, putting yourself, putting yourself out there and letting yourself be seen. But with this mask, that's tiring. That is exhausting I guess I just I just don't want to have to try so hard anymore you know I feel like I feel like I'm I feel like a lot of times I'm trying so hard to be somebody I'm not and I think thinking about the consequences of letting, just letting that all go is like, is like, who am I? I, I, I feel like either, <laughs> I feel like the choices are either like, um, I don't know. 
like be looked down on or be an imposter. And I don't know which one I want. (laughs) I don't think I want either one. Feel, I feel like an imposter a lot. I feel like I'm playing a role a lot. And I don't know. That's That's been kind of a, that's been a theme. That's definitely been a theme. Um, but I, I don't... Like I said, I don't know how to, I don't know how to just let that all go. I I feel like, I mean, those are coping mechanisms that I built up. Those are structures. Those are, those are rules play, you know, like I've made up this like playbook, this rule book for, for different situations. And that's how I've gotten where I am. Like when, you know, when I'm, when I'm here, I'm, I'm, this is, these are the rules. When I'm with this person, these are the rules. What is it like to, what is it like to just, what is it like to just not have to think about that stuff? What is it like to just be? Is that, is that how neurotypical people are? They just are. I mean, I'm sure... I'm sure when when neurotypical people are like, you know, in in certain situations, like say work, there are I'm sure there are certain rules. Excuse me, I just have to move my cat. <laughs> um, he was like walking right in front of my face. Um, I'm sure there are certain rules that neurotypical people follow as far as like. You know, you don't go to work and you just and just say whatever you want because you might get in trouble. Um, I feel like that's not that's not really how I look at it when I make rules um, because I'm not I'm not I'm not really worried I'm gonna like. Um, I don't know. I was going to say I'm not really worried I'm going to say something inappropriate, although I kind of am. <laughs> but I feel like it's different. I feel like it's different. There's like if a neurotyp I would imagine a neurotypical person going into work acting more prof- acting like putting on kind of like a bit of a professional mask. That's different because I don't go I don't go into a professional situation and think, "Oh, I I've, I've got to like be a little more professional." Like I'm still being myself, but I got to be a little more professional. Um but it's not really how I look at it. Like no matter what no matter what situation I go to, it doesn't matter if it's work, it doesn't matter if it's um oh my goodness, now the cat is like batting at stuff on the table. I'm probably going to cause an avalanche. Oh boy. Um I'm not I'm not, it's, it's different for me. Like every situation I go into, I'm, I'm thinking, I I just want to, I just, (laughs) I just want to try to look and act quote unquote normal. Like I'm just trying to be not weird. 
um, not get those, not get looks, not. And I, I can, I can bet on the fact that if I told somebody that's close to me, like a family member or my husband, that I'm trying really hard not to get looks, they, they would be like, what are you talking about? You know, you're, you're, you're fine. Like, you know, you're, you're overthinking it. Um, I've definitely gotten that before where I, my husband is there for a social situation where I feel like maybe I was too much or not enough or (laughs) didn't quite hit the mark, the neurotypical mark. And he's, and he's like, what, don't worry. Like, it's not that big a deal. You know, you're overthinking it and, you know, but I, I feel like it's interesting because for the fact that, the fact that they say autistic people miss all these social cues. <laughs> I almost feel like I'm the opposite. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Um, okay. I, I do feel like I, I do think I miss social cues, but here's the thing. I feel like because I miss social cues, I, I'm constantly overanalyzing all of the social cues <laughs> and looking for all of the details. So I feel like I see all these details, but I can't, I think it's an interpretation thing. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it, I think it's an interpretation thing. Like it's not that I think people think that autism is, or some autistic people, and maybe this is true for some autistic people that, you know, that some of us are just blind to social cues and just like blind to facial expressions and things like that. And I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. I think we're overly, at least for me, again, this is my experience overly, I'm overly analyzing everything, the person's facial expressions, the person's um, tone of voice, body language, all those things. I'm overanalyzing them. And trying to interpret them. Um, and my brain's going a mile a minute trying to do that. And even afterwards, trying to like think about it and figure it out. Um, like a like this puzzle, like trying to put the puzzle pieces together. But it's not that simple. And interpreting all of that is really confusing. I think that's it. Yeah. I don't know if that's what other people experience, but um, it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like when you're taking a multiple choice test and you feel like all the all the choices could be right or a couple different ones could be right, and you just start going around and around. You're like oh, just overthinking it, and you're like, but like technically this could be right, but like. You know, but like this one could be right too. And so you're like, so which one is it? I don't know. Like, like I, I, and, and you might think, oh, I think I know it. I think I know what they want. Like, I think I know they want it, want this one, but like this one's also kind of right. <laughs> it's just, it's like that. It's like your brain's just going a mile a minute and you're like, and usually it is, usually when I'm trying to inter- interpret 
facial expressions and, and intent and stuff like that, there usually are two different things, two different things that could be the answer. And I don't know which one it is. Um, sometimes I know which one is like the logical one. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, if I wasn't overthinking, <laughs> it's like you over, you're overthinking it, but then you're like, but if I wasn't, <laughs> then the answer would probably be this. But you're like, but what if? There's also signs that are pointing to, to this other thing. And then your brain starts to convince you that it might be this other thing. <laughs> I don't know. This is the most rambly podcast ever. I don't know. I just, I was, uh, I was just feeling like kind of emotional about masking and unmasking and just felt like I wanted to just let it out. Just talk. Just talk about whatever. <laughs> I appreciate listening if you are. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess like I thought I thought that like having being I don't know. When I when I first discovered that I was autistic, I, I guess I felt like it was like the key. It was like the you know I don't know. I don't, for, I can't think of a better analogy right now. And I, like, like most people, not really a fan of the puzzle piece. <laughs> but that's what it felt like, was a puzzle, is a puzzle piece that, um, that was missing and that I finally found, you know. And I, I think I thought, like, this meant, this meant it was the answer. It, this meant it was the answer to all these things. And it was, or it is, it is the answer to all, to to a lot of things that I have struggled with or been kind of told that's different. Why do you do that? You know, but I don't know. <sighs> but I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like as much as I thought it was the answer to all those things and the as as much as it is the answer to all those things, it it still it doesn't solve them. Like I'm, it's you know, you're still an autistic person in a neurotypical world, so it's not gonna it's not gonna get rid of those things. And and then and then there's the and then there's the like you know you're autistic. How could you be autistic? You don't look autistic. And I feel like that that makes it that much harder to deal with and. And to find, um, and to find the place where you fit, and not feel like an imposter. And I think I, I think I probably just have to accept that I, that I'm gonna feel like an imposter around people that I've masked a lot around and continue to do, continue to mask around. Because what, what else am I gonna do? You know people that I can't unmask around or I don't feel comfortable unmasking around, I have to mask and that's going to make me feel like not me. It's going to make me feel like an imposter. But I don't know. I don't like, I don't like that. Like I, I just, it makes me feel gross. It makes me feel makes me feel upset 
because being me and and authenticity are are really important to me and they always have been which is why which is why masking has been so distressing for me and why when I'm tired of masking and when I'm fed up with it even when I didn't realize what it was I would kind of just go quiet whether that was a choice or not sometimes sometimes yeah sometimes it's a choice sometimes it's not as far as that goes <laughs> that kind of has to do with what I talked about in my last episode um with the situational mutism which I didn't I mean it's yet another thing that I didn't think I experienced um but then was like, wait a second. I've had a, I've had a lot of moments like that. Um, it's like, it's almost like I was, it's almost like I was trying to mask for myself too. I've kind of had to like pull back some curtains that I felt like were drawn in my mind that I had convinced I had tr- I was trying so hard to convince other people you know of my neurotypicalness <laughs> on the outside that it that some of it was sort of hidden from me and I've it, it's taken time to it's taken a lot of processing time and reflection time and unmasking <laughs> to realize that um some of that was there um, I had buried buried it. <laughs> My husband always makes fun of me for saying buried. Um, for some reason, it's one of those words that like I don't do, I don't know if other people do this, but do you ever like this is gonna be a tangent, whatever. <laughs> um, like when sometimes when you're talking, like do you picture the words in your head as you talk? Sometimes. I mean, I'm not saying I do that all the time because that would be wow, I mean, words would go by really fast. But sometimes when I'm talking a little bit slower, I tend to see the words in my head. Is that weird? I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. (laughs) But buried, I see it, you know, B-U-R-I-E-D. And I'm like, and I just say buried. It's like like I'm reading in my head, you know, like reading as I talk in my head. (laughs) And for some reason saying buried is just like that's not what that word looks like at all (laughs) so I struggle with that word you would think I would do that with other words because in the English language there are a lot of words that that are like that (laughs) but anyway I feel unmasking is a lot more complicated than I thought it would be I think and and as much as I want to just let let Every part of my life, just just let it go and just be me. It's kind. It's like it's impossible. It's impossible because when you when you've been masking a certain way for years, it's just. But it just. But it also just feels so awful, and. And now that I know I'm autistic, I feel even more inauthentic. 
Like, I didn't feel that inauthentic before when I didn't know. Like, I knew, like, of course I knew that some, that I was putting on some kind of mask, but I didn't, like, have the words for that. I didn't really, I kind of, I kind of thought this was just how I was. Even though, of course, there was still that, there was definitely still feelings of being an imposter. That's something I've struggled with. Okay, sorry about that. I, um... I got a phone call and it cut off my recording. Um, so yeah, what I, what I was going to say, I'm going to wrap it up after this, but what I was going to say is that uh, that's something I've struggled with as a music therapist um, is, is um, trying to find the balance between being masking and being authentic. And um, I think before I used, I had trouble controlling that. Like I've, I'd, it's so hard to explain. It's like, it's like I would sometimes be able to get in that groove and just be me. And then other times if like say a parent or teacher or th- other therapist or something was watching, my mask would automatically come on and it would become really difficult um, to juggle trying to be the ther- be a therapist, be a music therapist, and be my authentic self, but I was also trying to mask because, because someone was watching that I needed to be, that I felt like I needed to act neurotypical around. And all this was happening, I didn't know what was happening. Um, so it was, it was, and I knew there was this conflict within myself, and it was really distressing. It's distressing when you don't know what's going on. When that's happening, you don't know what's going on. That's it's, it's distressing. And, you know, I pretty much before I knew I was autistic, if I was struggling with masking, I basically, I always took it as like a negative. Like if I failed at masking and something came through, so like I, I don't know, felt like I was being awkward, not socialize excuse me so not socializing in a neurotypical way again didn't have the words for that before um it was always it was always negative like you know you're just you just have this bad personality was was mainly what it boiled down to um so i guess the awareness the where the awareness definitely the awareness definitely helps I was going to say, I guess it helps, but it does. It helps a lot. Um, And it's given me permission as a music therapist to, if I feel that mask coming back on because I'm being observed or something, for some reason feel like I need to put that mask back on, I try to remind myself that I don't. I don't need to put, I don't need to. I don't need to mask. Whether, Whether the client's, 
parents or therapists or teachers or whatever know that I'm autistic or not, it doesn't matter. Um, at least that's, that's what I'm, that's what I tell myself and that's, and it, and it has gotten, it has gotten easier. Um, at least in the music therapy setting, but, uh, unmasking in other settings. Yeah. There's still, there's still certain settings that I think it's just always going to be, it's just always going to be hard to unmask. Um, especially in places, especially with people that I like on topics that I feel very passionate about. Like with that strong justice that I have, that strong sense of justice. Um, you know, there there's topics that I don't agree that I, you know, like politics. You know, when I don't agree with with family members on those topics, you know, I I I I can't if I the consequences to unmasking and just being myself would distress me and it would distress them and that's not that's not worth it but it's still distressing whether I say it or not so I know that's a boundary I have to set I have not I need to hold myself accountable for that (laughs) and um yeah I gotta work on that anyway I'm going to get going. I have to go pick up my daughter from preschool. Um, Thank you again for listening. Uh, Thanks for listening to my rambly thoughts on unmasking. Uh, Hopefully, I mean, this podcast is kind of more, I mean, it's more geared towards people who are neurodivergent, who are autistic or discovering their autism. Um, it's not necessarily geared towards people who are neurotypical, but, um, I mean, if you are neurotypical and you're trying to gain more information about autistic people, that's great. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Um, but I guess my point (laughs) is that hopefully my rambliness doesn't matter because like I said, this, this podcast is more kind of geared toward, uh, people who are neurodivergent and discovering their neurodivergence and, I'm I'm hoping that you don't mind my rambliness. If you do, that's fine. If, you know, if it's not for you, I get it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> just trying to say thank you for putting up with that, and you know, hopefully, you just find it relatable. And um, yeah, I appreciate you, and uh, I hope that it's nice and sunny where you are, like it is here. It's the weather's finally getting nicer and it definitely helps helps the mood um so I hope you go and do something for yourself today um I'll try to do the same and uh I'll talk to you next time bye